Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's time to set the table for all your Sunday action, laying out all the best bets. It's the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on the BetQL Network. All right, here we go. It is the Sunday Spread. Alex Gold, Grant Paulson with you for the next hour, getting you set for week one of the NFL season. Grant, you're in the nation's capital. You guys gave us a little tease, at least your division gave us a little tease of what to expect this football season with the, the Bucks and the Cowboys. Did that change at all for you, where you, you view that pecking order in the NFC East? Because the Cowboys lose, but I think you got to be impressed with what Dak Prescott was able to do. Alex, it did not change in any way how I feel because I had the Cowboys winning the division at 10-7. and 7. I think this offense is the truth. I didn't think Dak would be back to the extent that he is, throwing it 58 times for over 400 yards, four touchdowns, just an amazing performance. But you win with offense in the league right now. Dallas is built around its offense. Washington, good team in the division right here in the nation's capital, built around its defense. And I think in 2021, I'd rather have – a triumvirate of receivers like C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, if he's healthy, behind Amari Cooper. You saw what they did. So that team is loaded. If Dak can stay healthy, they're going to win enough games to get to the playoffs. And even though they lost, ultra impressive. You got to like what you saw if you're a Cowboys fan. They took the Bucks to the brink. No question. And, you know, the, the injury to Dak Prescott is going to be interesting just to follow all year because they describe it as that baseball-type injury. And we know with pitchers, they get shut down at some point in time of the season. So – Really, the first month's not the concern, right, for Dak and that shoulder. It's what happens two months from now when we get into to November. Is that throwing shoulder a problem or not? I mean, the guy threw over 55 passes in week one of the season. It's like a pitcher throwing, I don't know, 125 in, in your one. They didn't about put him on a pitch count, did they? No, you, clearly not. I mean, they, they, had, they had no interest in running the football, although I don't know how much success they would have had. And that's another thing with the game. Like, Zeke Elliott – it's the big-time contract. I think it's more proof, Grant, that you don't give the, sec- the the second contract to these running backs. I don't care how talented they are. They usually don't turn out very well. Well, and if you give a contract to a running back second time around because they earned it, ideally you don't pay him $90 million, which is what they did for <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott over six years. Now, I'll say that this is smart football as far as I'm concerned. Everybody loves to club Mike McCarthy, whether it's in our kind of gambling community and or the fantasy community. But what you should do in the National Football League week to week is game plan for deficiencies and call plays based on what a defense is allowing of you. Where do you have an advantage? And against the Bucks defensive front, without Zach Martin, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame as a guard, you didn't have one. 
So what you did have, if you were the Dallas Cowboys, as I mentioned with those wide receivers and Sean Murphy bunting, getting hurt, and you know, all of a sudden the Bucks leaning on some corners that aren't as good, you had the advantage on the outside. So at one point in time, they'd called about 80% pass plays, 50 snaps into the game. And I actually thought the plan was really smart. They'll go to Zeke. He'll get his workload, I think, if you've got – overs or you bet on Zeke for a rushing title. I mean, he's still going to have a chance to be absolutely able to accomplish all of his goals this year, but this was not a matchup where it voted well to give him the ball a whole bunch. A lot closer game than people expected. That line right around kickoff bumped up to 10 in some spots, and a lot of people thought it was going to be a blowout for for the Tampa Bay Bucks and over the Dallas Cowboys. Certainly a heck of a way to kick off the start of the season. Another reason why the NFL is absolutely king uh, even though playoffs are right around the corner for Major League Baseball. We'll get to our pick six coming up in the next segment. Each of us have our three favorite plays for week one of the NFL season here on the Sunday spread. But let's go around the league and take a look at the 15 matchups here in week one remaining on a Sunday, including also, I guess, a little Monday night football action. Jacksonville and Houston, it's not the sexiest matchup by any means. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach on the other side with the Texans here. And this one's interesting. I've got a play on this game actually coming up in a little bit. I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I've been trying to talk myself out of it throughout much of the week. But the home team is an underdog. I know the Texans are not any good. They're not expected to be good. But this is the game week one where I think they got a chance, man, to win it outright. Yeah, they absolutely have a shot. They're going to win a game this season. It's going to be against Jacksonville, and I think they'll actually find a way to win a few others. It's hard not to win a few in the NFL, but we'll get to see Trevor Lawrence for the first time, which I'm excited about. I'm interested, though, in this idea that this might show up in one of your plays because I'm not touching this game. I don't like betting <laughs> on terrible teams playing terrible teams, which I think is what you have. The second of the games kicking off at 1 o'clock, transition into the nation's capital. The Chargers come cross-country to take on the Washington football team, Alex. One-and-a-half-point favorites at home. D.C. as they unveil their new offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick, offensive coordinator Scott Turner in year two in D.C. And in that game, we see the sophomore season kickoff for Justin Herbert. Remember, new offense, new coaching staff led by Brandon Staley for the Chargers. Yeah, Austin Eckler banged up during the week as well. Something to see how they utilize him throughout much of this game. And yeah, Herbert year two. I'm a big believer that he's already shown to me that he is going to be a top 10 quarterback in this league. I'm intrigued by it because everybody's talking about the Chargers and can they push the Chiefs in the AFC West? I'm really intrigued by this matchup. Next up, you go to Indianapolis. It's Seattle at the Colts. Seattle's a three-point favorite on the road. I'm going to be fading the Colts much of this season. I took the under on their win total. I think they start off the season with a loss. I know Carson Wentz is going to play in this game, which, what, a month ago, none of us thought was going to be the case based off those injuries. I, I just don't like the Colts at all this season for the most part. Seattle with Russell Wilson, week one on the road. The whole West Coast going to, to Indianapolis is not a big deal in week one. That's a bigger problem later on in the season. Well, and it'd be a bigger deal if Carson Wentz had practiced a bunch or played in the preseason at all. But he's been hurt. He was on the COVID list. I'm with you. I don't like the Colts in this spot as three-point dogs at home. But I'll disagree on their season outlook. I do think in that South division in the AFC, they'll be good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, I just don't like them in this first game against the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, by the way, should be motivated. Remember, this was the offseason where he was calling some shots through his agent. And the allegation was he wanted to be traded. So he's got to get off to a fast start. One of my favorite matchups of the weekend is the Jets and the Panthers. How about Sam Darnold's revenge game here? The NFL every now and then hooks us up in week one with a great storyline, and we got it 
as Sam Darnold, no longer with the Jets, leads Carolina against New York. And I am a huge Zach Wilson fan. I think anything you can do to put any kind of bet on Zach Wilson having a big season is smart. Uh, he was terrific at Brigham Young. They've got a really sharp young offensive coordinator. And they got weapons around him. They brought in Morgan Moses at right tackle. They still have Makai Becton, who they drafted last year at left tackle. Elijah Vera Tucker drafted in the first round on the inside from USC. They're going to protect him. He's going to have time to throw. I really like this Jets-Panthers matchup in this game. Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm with you about Zach Wilson. I got a rookie of the year bet on him. I'm a big believer in Zach Wilson as well. Also like that coaching staff. But because that coaching staff exists, that that's when you had Adam Gase a, a year ago, which is why I, I'm intrigued to see Sam Darnold, right? I'm with you because I'm a believer that Sam Darnold still has something for this league. He wasn't given a good opportunity in New York. I like Matt Rule. I like Joe Brady and the offensive staff there. Christian McCaffrey's healthy for Carolina. So I want to see what Sam Darnold can do in a competent offense with some nice weapons. These are the best weapons Sam Darnold's been around in his NFL career. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. The next game on the slate, we go to Cincinnati, Minnesota, taking on the Bengals. Minnesota minus three in this game. Joe Burrow coming back from that injury. There were plenty of flashes of his talent last year prior to that horrific offensive line that ultimately got him hurt. And then the huge story is Cincinnati with Jamar Chase as well. He couldn't catch a pass at all during preseason. He blamed it a little bit, even though the comments got taken out of context on the college football compared to the NFL actual football. So I'm intrigued by this one. I actually like Minnesota a little bit in this game. We'll have our plays later on in our pick six. But Kirk Cousins and the Vikings later on in the year, I have questions about frankly, their decision-making process and some guys that are a little more vulnerable throughout COVID protocols. That's not an issue here week one, though. Doesn't look like it will be, and I think this is one of the more underrated teams going into the season in the league. Last year, their offense was exceptional. Their defense was horrific. They get Daniil Hunter back to rush the quarterback off the edge. Anthony Barr playing this season. Kendrick's back from injury. Mike Zimmer supposedly a smart, sharp defensive guy, right? Well, let's start having a defense that isn't terrible and costing you football games. I think the Vikings this year defensively will give themselves a chance to hang on to some of their leads. How about in Tennessee, in Nashville, I like some of these cross-conference, like jersey colors you don't often see meshing. <laughs> Cardinals, Titans, minus three and a half for Tennessee. I see a 53 and a half over under in this game that I actually like because points are going to be scored. Normally points come from the passing game. A lot of Derrick Henry early, but they set up play action and take some shots down the field. And if you're the Cardinals, look, the storyline nationally is going to be Julio Jones making his debut with the Titans. But the Cardinals need to stack some wins early. They're in the toughest division in football. I think Cliff Kingsbury's seat is warming. Kyler Murray's trying to prove that he can be an MVP candidate. All these things working in week one for Arizona having to get off to a fast start, but they got a tough draw. It's the second highest total of week one, only behind that Chiefs-Cleveland Browns game. So points are going to be scored there. I'm with you on Cliff Kingsbury 100%. If he doesn't make the postseason or if he misses it and he's a 10-game winner or something, that might be a scenario where he keeps his job. Otherwise, I think he is on the hot seat. I'm a big believer in Kyler Murray, but I think you need to see a jump from them this season. Next up, we go to the NFC North, San Francisco Going to Detroit to take on the Lions, San Francisco minus eight and a half, one of the biggest spreads of the week for a reason. They got a healthy, healthy team in week one. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in the league. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be starting a lot longer than people believe, Grant. that Trey Lance is behind him. We know he's the future, but I believe Jimmy Garoppolo is at least starting six-plus games this season. I think they get off to a nice start and a big win 
against the Detroit Lions. This thing should not be close whatsoever. I agree with you. 49ers can run the ball. They'll run the ball all over them. Want to see how they use Trey Lance in week one, though, because I think he will be on the field. And my over-under on kneecaps eaten by Dan Campbell's Lions this <laughs> season is five and a half. I've got the under on those kneecaps eaten for the Lions. That could be a bit of a debacle uh, in year one in Detroit. Steelers, Bills, one of the best games of the weekend. How about this line, though, Alex? Plus six and a half for Pittsburgh on the road at Buffalo. Josh Allen last year made the leap into the MVP conversation. He tries to sustain that. There is some thought that the Bills, who were in the AFC Championship game and broke their playoff win strout, are going to be maybe the, the stiffest test to the Chiefs, who they ran into in the playoffs last year. And I'm not buying this idea that Pittsburgh's going to regress. Ben Roethlisberger is no longer a top-shelf quarterback, but they've got weapons on offense. They're always very sound on defense, and they just signed T.J. Watt to a ton of money. He led the league in sacks last year. He may do it again. Pittsburgh's a team that nobody's talking about, and, and I get the aging Big Ben. I'm with you there, but also in that division now with some of the injuries that Baltimore is facing, I don't think we can count out Pittsburgh quite yet. I do want to see what Big Ben looks like. He claims, you know, he's in the best shape of his life and all that kind of stuff that everybody says. I want to actually see it. But I, I'm with you. The six and a half, really intriguing if you're giving me six and a half here with Pittsburgh. It's a Sunday spread. Alex Gold, Grant Paulson with you going around the league. Week one of the NFL season. We go down to the NFC South. The Atlanta Falcons hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Falcons with a new head coach. Three-point favorites at home. Matt Ryan's still there. Jalen Hurts on the road in this game. I'm, I'm intrigued by what the Falcons' offense looks like without Julio Jones. There's still plenty of weapons there. They have the rookie tight end out of Florida and Kyle Pitts, who everybody's expecting big things from. But I, I want to see right out of the gate, what's that Arthur Smith offense look like down in Atlanta against a Philadelphia team that I, I, I just don't see it with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts this year? Yeah, you and me both. I've got them last in the NFC East, but two brand new head coaches. We get our first look at here in Sirianni and Arthur Smith, who I do like coming over from Tennessee. The Titans, former play caller, running the Falcons. You mentioned Pitts' first game. I'm not sure that there's ever been this much hype for a tight end coming out in the draft who went in the top five. Very excited to watch him. Then the Cleveland Browns are at Arrowhead Stadium, your backyard in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Chiefs, five new offensive linemen. Three of them going to be playing in their first game for the Browns. Can you deal with prosperity? I'll get out of the way here and let you talk about this one because you've been doing it all week. Yeah, no question. It is a game that Browns fans have circled ever since the Chiefs won that divisional round football game. Even with Chad Henney coming in for the injured Patrick Mahomes, this has been interesting throughout the week, just how confident people are here in Kansas City. You just look at Andy Reid's track record in September with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is 10-0. 32 touchdowns, no interceptions. The Browns are 0-15-1 in season openers. We'll, we'll dive deeper into this game during our big three later on as well. But this game sets up, I think, for a, a strong win out of the gate for Kansas City, despite all the talk about Cleveland this entire offseason. We continue going around the NFL. We stay in the, uh, the, the, NFC, or the AFC West, excuse me, Denver at the New York Giants. Denver, a three-point favorite on the road. Teddy Bridgewater, the starting quarterback here against Daniel Jones, who everybody's been talking up with how he's looked in training camp and in the preseason. I think that Denver defense, now that they're healthy, is going to be a problem for teams. Yes, the quarterback play is a problem, but against the Giants, I expect the Denver defense to have a lot of success slowing down Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I agree with you. Daniel Jones supposedly has better weapons this year, but we may not see it right away. Barkley was limited in practice. Kenny Galladay, shocker, has been hurt for much of the several weeks leading up to this game. So eventually they might look better on offense, but it could look a little bit more like 2020 
at least in week one against Vic Fangio's defense. Staying in the AFC, as far as the Broncos possibly winning that game, how about AFC East matchup? Dolphins at the Patriots. A little surprised by the line here. New England is minus three. Look, for Miami, this is a Tua evaluation now. Is he the guy or isn't he? Didn't play well enough last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick was better. He's got to be better. For the Patriots, we're seeing Mac Jones for the first time. Bill Belichick's not going to miss the playoffs two straight years, is he? No, he's not. I think they're a wild card team out of the AFC East. I'm not a believer in Tua. They got bailed out by Ryan Fitzpatrick multiple times last season. They don't have that in their back pocket whatsoever. That's a little look around the league. Coming up next here on the Sunday spread, we get to our pick six, our three favorite plays of the week each heading into week one of the season. It's the Sunday spread. I'm Alex Gold. He's Grant Paulson. Every Sunday morning, start your day off with FanDuel Game Day from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern with Jeremy Kahn and Chris Mack. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app and streaming live on Twitch.tv. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. All right, we continue on the Sunday Spread, and it just feels good to be talking some more football, talking spreads, talking all kinds of props, which we'll get to our Sunday studs coming up in just a little bit. We've been looking at this all week, Grant. It's now time to actually put the picks together. I know you got a couple favorite plays of yours. It's time for the pick six. The pick six. All right, so let's get to it then. Here's what I'm doing in week one, Alex. For me, week one, there's so much uncertainty and so many questions that I kind of rely upon the best teams to get me through until I know who's who and what's what. So I'm going pretty heavy on some of the teams that I trust are going to be the best and maybe some of the teams that I think are going to be the worst in football. My first play, I want to bounce off of you. I really like the L.A. Rams against the Chicago Bears opening at home. Matthew Stafford's first game with Sean McVay, seven and a half point favorites. Now, that's a bigger line than I wanted from our friends at FanDuel, but I will take it. I think they win at home by at least eight points. I am expecting this new band led by McVay and Stafford to make beautiful music all year long, and I think it starts right away against Chicago. The way I see the game script playing out, is the Rams get out in front and are able to throw the football. They've got some running back issues, obviously, having lost Cam Akers for the year. 
I'm not sure what kind of role they'll carve out for Sony Michelle, but I think it benefits them at least initially to spread Chicago out, throw the football, get Stafford in rhythm. McVay's terrific at designing and calling plays, as everybody knows. And I have a hard time believing the Bears with Andy Dalton at the helm will be able to play keep up. So unless they backdoor a score late, I feel pretty comfortable about the Rams having a lead throughout this ball game. It's a big number, seven and a half. But I'm going to go with the Rams, who I think are going to be really good. The Bears, who I'm just not sold on, not answering the bell. The hook scares me a little bit there. But other than that, I, I like the thought process on the pick. I think if you're a Bears fan, uh, you should be hoping what you just described actually happens. If you, if you want to see Justin Fields, you should be hoping that Andy Dalton and the Bears get blown out week one. It means you're a game and a week closer to seeing Justin Fields as your starting quarterback. I am intrigued by Matthew Stafford as well. There's been a lot of discussion that people feel like he might even be a dark horse MVP candidate this season. I got to see it to believe it when it comes to that, at least, that it was just all Detroit. Otherwise, he'd be a Super Bowl-type quarterback. I'm not there yet. I want to see them get off to a good start against a Bears defense that, while numbers-wise last year wasn't as good as people probably would have expected, they still have a lot of talent there. But I, I Remember this, too, though, about this game. So you mentioned you're not sure about Stafford as a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback, which I understand. He doesn't need to be a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. I mean, he's been outstanding his entire career, and he's been on losing teams. Quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls. Teams do. Wins and losses aren't really a quarterback stat. They are if you're – you know, a simple-minded goofball who's screaming on national television, but not if you're a real person with a brain who, who's able to understand that we're not swimming or running track and that there are 53 guys on a team. So it's not that Matthew Stafford didn't win a Super Bowl because he was in Detroit. Uh, yeah, but they barely. Or, or I mean, that, but if you would think if he was in that, if you're an MVP quarterback, I feel like you're able at least once in a while to elevate your team to the postseason at the very least. That's not the place we saw Matthew Stafford very often. What once, if I'm not mistaken, twice. I think. Yeah, they actually. won 11 games, so he did do that. But I, I disagree with that notion. I, I think if your defense is terrible and your coaching staffs aren't particularly good, that in football one guy's not going to make that kind of difference, even at quarterback. Um, so uh, we'll see. I, I think he's got a chance now with Sean McVay, with a better team, with a betting supporting cast, to get to that 10-11 win threshold to win some playoff games. But it's got to start against the Bears. I might feel different if it was Fields, but I just have a hard time seeing them keep up. So I like that play. Give me your first play this weekend. Yeah, I'll say in the NFC North, it's the Minnesota Vikings going on the road to Cincinnati. This is game number one back from an ACL injury for Joe Burrow. I like what I saw from him, but it's game number one. I don't think that offensive line is all that improved despite what they did in the draft this year. I still don't believe in Zach Taylor as their head coach. If this game was further on in the season, week six even, I'm probably staying away from this. But Minnesota minus three, yes, they're on the road, but they're the better team. It's not close. Dalvin Cook, I believe, is going to have a field day against that Cincinnati Bengals front. If you just look at what they did last year, gave up an average of 5.1 yards per carry. I, I think this is a game where Minnesota goes on the road, comes away with a win early on in the season. Not to mention the Bengals have an issue with that secondary, their top corners out of this game with an injury. I just think week one, it's bad timing if you're thinking that Cleveland, that, that Cincinnati, excuse me, can surprise some people. Maybe later in the year, this is an opportunity where I would have taken Cincinnati at home. But despite being on the road, I like Minnesota here. Yeah, I do too. I love that pick, actually. I am a, a pretty big Kirk Cousins guy. I think he's a way underrated and undervalued quarterback who's a punching bag nationally for some reason I'm not really quite sure about. But I do think that he, over the years, has started slow. And if you look at some of the week one games, he, he just he's like a starting pitcher who struggles in the first inning. So he needs to get off to a faster start. They have to keep both Thielen and, on the other side, Justin Jefferson healthy this year because they have no depth at wide receiver. But, again, that's not a concern in this game. 
And for those reasons, I kind of like that play. I might play that with you as well. Uh, let me go to my next game, though. Neutral site helps me here. I would have avoided this game if it was played at the Superdome. When I was covering the Washington football team on the beat for four years, I went to just about every stadium in the NFL. One of the only stadiums that was louder than Seattle, which everyone talks about, New Orleans indoors. But at a neutral site, the Packers, I've got the number right here. Are we working with minus four and a half via FanDuel? I love that number in this game because they're playing not in New Orleans. Jameis Winston and New Orleans offense being unveiled. That's all well and good. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, first shot at their last dance. I think they come out and they remind everybody why they've been in two straight NFC championship games. I think the Packers roll in this game. I think a lot of points are scored in, in this one. I like the total for this game in Green Bay uh, in between the Saints and the Packers. But I think Jameis Winston has an opportunity here week one to kind of send a little bit of a statement to the rest of the National Football League that he's changed a little bit with Sean Payton as his offensive guru there versus where he was throwing 30-plus interceptions in, in Tampa Bay. But I, I agree on the play overall. This is more of a long-term deal for me and Winston. But on the short term here for week one, which is what we're talking about, that's all that matters for your pick there. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was the MVP last year. I think he doesn't give a you-know-what about anything. He's there at press conferences saying whatever is on his mind. So I expect him to go scorched earth week one and for much <laughs> of the season for the Green Bay Packers. I, I'm I'm with you there as well. You brought up – I'm on Jameis, so by the way. I'm on Jameis like, with you. I think he's going to have a big year. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, Jameis Winston to me is is uh, you know it's weird he's not he wasn't hurt so he's not a, a comeback player of the year candidate but in my mind he is you know what I mean it's a comeback of his career based on where he was two seasons ago and I don't even know how there was a true quarterback competition there between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston that was a joke that that thing even dragged on as long as it did Taysom Hill's not a quarterback in the National Football League this is the Sunday spread Alex Gold Grant Paulson with you it's the pick six and my next play that that I really like is. Between two bad football teams, it goes against everything you said to start things <laughs> off where you're going with teams that you like. I know I tried to talk myself out of this one. We're going down south to the AFC south to Houston, Texas. The Texans oh. are at home, plus three home underdogs to a rookie quarterback. This is the first time since 03 that a rookie quarterback in his first start on the road was favored. That was Byron Leftwich back in 2003. I don't believe the Texans are going to be good that year. I understand that, but this game should not be plus three for the Texans. I like them to potentially win outright. I want to sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. I believe they win this game. Tyrod Taylor is a more than serviceable quarterback. Week one's the time to get that win against Jacksonville. I believe this is an opportunity for them to surprise some people. The Texans aren't going to win that many games this year, but this is one of the few that I think I believe that they will be capable to do. Trevor Lawrence not sharp right out of the gate, offensive line issues. I don't believe Urban Meyer's going down to Houston and getting a win. I expect this game to feature more points than people believe as well, but I really like the Texans even on the money line for this game. But we'll go plus three for the play. Underdogs in division games in week one, 46-23-3 and three against the spread. Yeah, everything you're saying makes sense. And in a vacuum, I think I check all those boxes with you. You just put – your money on the Houston Texans, who may pick first in the draft. I just can't do that. 
Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, who somehow is still a starter in this league. We're just supposed to all pretend like Deshaun Watson doesn't exist. It's the most weird, surreal situation in football. Oh, it is. It is. David Culley's the head coach, but he's never been a coordinator. He's been a position coach for 20 years. I don't understand what's going on in Houston. I don't like Jacksonville either. And everything you said should happen, by the way. You should never be a favorite as a rookie quarterback debuting on the road. People are probably overrating how bad the Texans are going to be because they didn't bring in 68 veterans this year to compete for jobs. But I just can't bet on the Texans in the first week of the season. What if I told you, Grant? What if I told you, Grant, Survivor League, I'm in a double elimination Survivor League, but you got you to take risks. What would, I, what would you say if I told you I took the Texans in Survivor this week too? I would tell you you're insane. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that, that it's, it's in our oh station, in our gosh. station pool. It happened in our station pool, 100%. We're rolling the dice, baby. But I, re- I really feel good about the Texans week one. You better. You're, everything, you're, you're staking your reputation on them left or right. Unbelievable. Uh, I don't, I'll just stick with the theme then and go out of order because I want to go with my third play uh, at this point, and I'm going to go with a good football team, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Again, a huge number. I know this makes you uncomfortable, right? Eight-and-a-half-point favorites against – the Dan Campbell-led, kneecap-eating Detroit Lions. I think San Francisco is going to be very good. I think the Lions are going to be bad. Normally in week one, there's a blowout here or there, like a 30-point game where somebody just wasn't ready. Hoping this is the game with it needing to win by nine to win the bet. But eight and a half points, I like San Francisco to cover that. I feel good about their quarterback situation, believe it or not. I think Garoppolo's slightly undervalued at this point. I think Trey Lance will play. I covered Kyle Shanahan, got to know him really well back in 2012 when he designed an unbelievable offense for Robert Griffin. I think he's going to have a package of plays for Trey Lance to make him comfortable that make this offense better. And the fact is, this is really about their running game. I think they do whatever they want on the ground against Detroit indoors. It's an early start time. The only thing about this, I don't like San Francisco, 10 a.m. local in Detroit. Having said that, I'm going with the 49ers. A healthy Kyle Shanahan football team, and that is awfully dangerous in the NFL, and he hasn't had a very healthy team very often, but when he when he does, he's one of the most dangerous coaches in the league. I, I'm with you here. I do think this is one of the games this week that ends up being a blowout, has potential to, to maybe be one of those that we're sitting there and saying it's a, you know, it's a 42-17 type of win for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, my last play. It's not just because I got a helmet behind me that has the Chiefs logo by any means, but Kansas City minus five and a half versus Cleveland. Been talking about this game all week long. The Chiefs have covered in five straight week one games. Patrick Mahomes in September doesn't lose, and he's perfect. Not just with the 10-0 and record, 32 touchdowns, no interceptions. Andy Reid off of bye weeks, and this is an extended bye week, has been the best in the NFL over the last 10 years or so. Meanwhile, Cleveland hasn't won an opener in 16 tries. They're 0-15 and 1. They they have that tie against Pittsburgh a couple years ago. I, I just don't see this thing coming together. Everybody wants to talk about the defense of Cleveland this offseason. They have seven new starters. It might get there eventually. Much like the Chiefs have five new starters on the offensive line, those seven starters on defense that are that are new for the Browns are not going to be clicking right away. They go into Arrowhead. That that stadium hasn't had full capacity. And over a year, like most stadiums in the NFL, it's one of the loudest as well. I think the Browns are going to run into a buzzsaw. I don't think this is going to be all that close. I think Kansas City wins by double digits against the Cleveland Browns and puts the Browns in the same category as the Ravens, the Bills, and the Titans, teams that cannot beat Kansas City and Mahomes heads up. 
I'm with you, and I don't have a Chiefs helmet behind me, but I'm right there uh, chomping at the bit for this football game. I think the Chiefs are going to pour it on because they've got Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of which, we've talked about the teams we like. Let's get into the players we like with some Sunday studs. The Sunday Spread presents the Sunday Studs. All right, give me an individual prop you like, Alex. What, What do you got? I'll stay with the game I was just referencing here. Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes. It's minus 115. $100 wager will will pay out $87. Mahomes nine times last season. Nine times last season he was able to have games with three touchdowns or more i expect that could continue it's gonna be a high scoring game one of the it is the highest total in fact of the week so i expect patrick mahomes to have three plus touchdowns with ease against this cleveland browns team this might be my favorite bet of the weekend i love this prop so much i'm all over this deontay johnson pittsburgh steelers 56 and a half receiving yards i think pittsburgh they want to run the ball more and be more balanced you know last year they just threw the ball on every down well in this game they're gonna be playing catch up and they're going to be trying to keep up with Buffalo. I really believe they're going to be struggling. Game script says they got to throw the football. Deontay Johnson is the most targeted receiver in that offense. He goes over 56 and a half. I feel great about that. One other one I like here. How about we go to that high-scoring matchup with Arizona and Tennessee? Kyler Murray over 42 and a half rushing yards. That Titans defense, clearly the weakness of an otherwise really good football team. Kyler went over that total nine times last season. I just look at that Titans defense. I think Kyler Murray rushes for over 50 yards in this game. I'm going to go with uh, a local pick myself. I haven't really mentioned Washington. I'm based out of the nation's capital. Antonio Gibson's their running back, and he's going to have a huge season. Name to keep an eye on. Second-year player was a wide receiver at Memphis. 14 and a half yards is the over-under for him as a receiver out of the backfield. Scott Turner, their play caller, was the play caller when Christian McCaffrey went ham catching the football in Carolina. They do have J.D. McKissick, but it takes two catches for this guy to get to 15 yards. I expect with some pass rush coming from Joey Bosa, a couple of checkdowns from Ryan Fitzpatrick. He makes three or four catches and easily surpasses 14 and a half yards through the air. Those are our Sunday studs for week one. Coming up next here on the Sunday spread, the big games to watch, our big three. I'm Alex Gold. He's Grant Paulson on BetQL. Get the table set for all your pro football wagering needs. You're listening to the Sunday spread on the BetQL Network with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold. Welcome back to the Sunday Spread with Grant Paulson and Alex Gold on BetQL. There's just something about being closer and closer to kickoff. There's something about week one because everybody feels like their team is going to be that one surprise team in the NFL, Grant. Like, because we know there's, there's always a handful of teams that don't make the postseason, and then there's always one or two that end up making it from a year ago. Like, that's part of it, I would imagine. Uh, for, for most fans that are, that are listening right now, like they feel like their team that maybe just missed the playoffs, oh, this, is, this is their year. That's the beauty of it. That's what makes this so much fun. Yeah, people have been waiting a long time, and really it's this weekend when we find out which team we got wrong normally because they get off to a fast start or they have a huge game, and it's the beginning of some year that nobody saw coming. So we've spent the last few months trying to figure out what team that is, and we're still probably wrong, which is the beauty of the National Football League. And we got some great games to start it off. Of course, on Thursday night, we already saw Tampa-Dallas turn out to be a lot better than we thought. But how about the Saints and Packers? You already mentioned a play that you have that is a neutral site game as they will be, unfortunately, the Saints playing away from home for a while. 
due to the, the aftermath, unfortunately, of Hurricane Ida. The Packers, neutral site, so you take what you will on how many fans are going to be there and what the combination could be and everything like that. Packers minus four and a half. I'm with you on the play there, but it was interesting to me what this game can mean, again, about that dynamic for the rest of the NFC South. Not so much the AFC North. I think we're, we're probably both in agreement. This is the Packers division. I don't think anything that happens on, 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 on Sunday against the Saints is going to alter that. But for the Saints, it can alter just how competitive is the NFC South. Are the Saints clearly that number two team? If they get good enough play, uh, play from Jameis Winston, can they push the Bucks at all? Or is it going to be a runaway for the Tampa Bay Bucks? I think that's what this weekend kind of gives me an idea about how does Jameis Winston look with those weapons in a Sean Payton offense? Can he cut down on the poor decision-making that he had in his time in Tampa a couple years ago. Yeah, and for the Saints, I think you're right, first of all, that you know this opener and the first month or so of this season is going to be about a message-sending quest to let people know they're okay without Drew Brees. Now, this reminds me a little bit of the end of Peyton Manning's career in Denver. If you remember, Alex, the idea after he left was, oh, my goodness, the Broncos have to replace Peyton Manning. Well, kind of. Like, you have to replace the ghost of Peyton Manning. You have to replace the version of him that was playing when they won that Super Bowl. And I'm a huge Peyton Manning guy, but he was a shell of himself in his final season. I mean, at one point in time, like, he's being sat for Brock Osweiler as he's trying to get his shoulder back up to speed. And Drew Brees, similarly, while still productive and smart enough to make all the reads and get them where they needed to go offensively, was not Drew Brees anymore last year. So it's not like Jameis Winston has to play at that MVP level when they won a Super Bowl and Brees is breaking passing records. He's just got to be good because I think that's about what Drew Brees was. And I think he will be this year. That, for me, is, is less an endorsement of Winston than it is this offense and Sean Payton. I think he is a savant. I remember having a conversation with Sean McVay, who I know pretty well haven't covered him here in D.C. at one point in time. And I asked him in a phone call, I said, hey, who are the smartest guys in the league that you like to like learn from? And he named Andy Reid, and he named Sean Payton, along with Kyle Shanahan as the short list of guys. I think Josh McDaniels was the other one from New England. But Payton's going to put him in good spots. They're going to thrive. On the flip side of this script, though, I am still enamored by what the Packers are and are not. I, I, how can you not be after this offseason? They were the number one scoring offense in the league last year. They were fifth in yards per game and third in yards per play. Second on third downs, they were second at avoiding sacks, and first in, uh, in turnover margin and in the red zone. I think it's going to be really hard to duplicate all of those things. They'll be really good, but are they going to be one, two, three in all those categories? Probably not. You don't do that two straight years. They're the first team to lose in back-to-back -back NFC Championship games since the 0-2-0-3 Eagles. Can they get back to a third? Can they get over the hump under Matt LaFleur? Because it might be now or never time with Aaron Rodgers possibly ready to walk out the door. It does seem like it's the last hurrah here for Aaron Rodgers, at least in a Green Bay Packers uniform. Going back to what you said about Drew Brees, I think what you're saying is maybe there's a chance this Saints offense is better. Is that right? I mean, better than they were a year ago because of the the lack of arm strength that we saw from Drew Brees in his final year. Now, the decision-making, of course, Drew Brees naturally is just a better decision-maker than Jameis Winston has been. I know Jameis got the LASIK, so right, that's going to that's gonna solve everything. You get the LASIK <laughs> surgery. I got LASIK a few months ago. My life is better as well. So you know what? Maybe it is going to work for Jameis. 
I stop short of saying their offense will or could be better because he will turn the ball over more, and he's going to put them in more bad spots than Drew Brees did. It will be different, though, and I think it could be more dynamic down the field vertically. I really believe that they're going to have elements of their playbook they didn't previously. I don't think they'll be quite as good offensively. I think they'll be different, though, and I don't think they're going to be much worse with Jameis Winston if he has the season I'm projecting, which is I think – you know, 17 games, right? So he's going to throw for over 4,000 yards pretty easily, maybe 4,400 yards and 32 touchdowns, something like that. He's got to keep the picks, though, sub-15. If he can do that, then the Saints are going to be just fine. If he's up around 20, 21, it's a very different story. It's a Sunday spread here on BetQL. Alex Gold, Grant Paulson with you. The other big game to keep an eye on, I think a lot of people focused in on Bills and Steelers, the Bills six-and-a-half-point favorites. We know there was a Josh Allen gets the big contract this offseason, finished second in MVP. You look at the Steelers, a lot of people down on them, and that's what's fascinating to me. I think the Steelers have an opportunity, even without, in, in a weird way, not getting a win, but if they hang tough with the, the, the Buffalo Bills, they've got an opportunity to show, wait a second here, AFC North. Everybody's talking about Cleveland. People are talking about the Ravens, even with the injuries, and people are pushing the Steelers aside. I think they have a chance week one to remind people that, wait a second, we're, we're not done yet. We still have one of the best head coaches in football, Mike Tomlin. We've got a very talented wide receiver cast, a rookie running back that everybody's very high on in Najee Harris. My question with Pittsburgh really is the offensive line. This is an offensive line that has some serious issues. How does that impact their rushing attack and ultimately Big Ben as well? But this game, I think, is closer than people think it will be. The six-and-a-half spread was was a little surprising to, to see this game. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance to keep this thing very close heading into the fourth quarter, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the six-and-a-half point spread here is too big for me, and it's why I avoided making any bets on this game. I do really like the Bills. We can get to them in a second. But as far as Pittsburgh goes, the issue is the O-line. How big of a problem is that really? I mean, you're sitting in Kansas City. They basically just decided this offseason that they were going to change every offensive lineman that they had. All five guys are new, basically. And Andy Reid did that. He's a smart guy. I think if you have a quarterback and a scheme that you like, you can mask deficiencies. You can help elevate and coach around some of those problems. Pittsburgh gets the ball out fast. Last year, Ben Roethlisberger got the ball out faster than any quarterback in the league. So from a passing standpoint, I'm not particularly worried about that line. Now, you referenced the running game with Najee Harris. Clearly, they want to be more balanced. They run, a, run the ball more. That's where the line's going to come into play. But those receivers, to me, make everything okay. Like, I don't care if you run it or if you pass it. If you're throwing the ball to a running back and he's got 10 targets and 10 catches, what's the difference if you handed it to him or threw it to him? Similarly, at the line of scrimmage, they love smoke screens and bubbles. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool. You kind of go around that wide receiver core. I think uh, the, the conversation about their line is a little bit overrated. Having said that, the Bills returned 20 of, one of 22 starters from a team that uh, made their first AFC championship game since 93, won their first playoff game since 95, won 13 games for the first time since 91. They should win this football game. I just think it's going to be closer than the, the six-and-a-half-point spread that we've seen. The other big game on the slate is in Kansas City. The Browns coming off a playoff appearance, one playoff win, then a loss in the divisional round to Kansas City. The Chiefs host the Browns. The line has gone down a little bit throughout the week. It's at five and a half on FanDuel. The total's the highest total of the week. It's gone up to 54 and a half. This is a massive game for Cleveland, I think, to change the narrative other than where the offseason buzz has been. Like, legitimately prove that you can do something that the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson haven't done, which is beat Mahomes. Do something 
that we haven't seen the Buffalo Bills in Josh Allen do. That's beat Patrick Mahomes. If they're able to go into Arrowhead week one, it's a game changer in terms of saying, all right, we'll see you in the playoffs. We know you can actually do something that those other teams haven't. There's been all this talk about young quarterbacks. None of them have been able to beat Patrick Mahomes. I don't believe it happens this week. You know I like the spread minus five and a half. Mahomes is perfect in September. I know it won't last forever, right? But he's 10-0, and 0, no picks, 32 touchdowns. I love Kansas City in this game. Cleveland, they lose this game. It's not a big deal for, for them either, right? They're, they're still going to be a talented team, but they have a bigger opportunity than, than Kansas City has in this football game because the Chiefs win. It's like, okay, all right, throw the Browns in the same mix as, as the Ravens and everybody else. Yeah, I think the Chiefs end up pulling away in this game, and five and a half uh, for me is pretty comfortable. I, I wouldn't have any problem putting a couple bucks on this game. I feel good about Kansas City at Arrowhead. Period. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose a home game to the Browns in week one. Having said that, the storyline from a larger kind of helicopter view standpoint to me is this is a game where I don't think the Browns can just rely upon their dominant running game and play the type of game they want to. You're going to have to throw the football and make plays and, and you're going to have to score points. Baker Mayfield is probably going to get the next huge contract among quarterbacks, which I think is preposterous, but he's going to make close to $40 million a year. Win football games like this, and, and that doesn't mean quarterback wins and losses, but give your team a chance. You, know, you can't just hand the ball off 34 times, make 17 throws, nine in play action, and, and make your $40 million. So these are the types of games where I think he's got to thrive. Can't wait to watch him against the Chiefs this weekend. You need to be able to go in and, and guarantee put up 30 points, if not 35 points, if the Browns have any chance to win this game and let alone have a chance to, to cover it as well. All right, we wrap up the show always with our Hail Marys for the week, week one. Let's get to it. It's now time for the Hail Mary. I'm going back to Minnesota and Cincinnati. Dalvin Cook to be the leading rusher in week one at plus 750. They're going up against a really poor Bengals front. Gave up an average of 5.1 carries per game. Only the Jags, the Cowboys, and the Texans gave up more. I think Dalvin Cook has a monster game. It's a run-first offense anyway. No reason to make Kirk Cousins go win the game. Just run the ball all day. I love this at plus 700. Yeah, I'm going to go even bigger odds, plus 850, because I got 32 teams the start of the week to choose from. The Chiefs are your high scorers of the week. Sounds like we're on the same page on this game. I think they hang 40. Maybe it's a 41-30 kind of game, and the Chiefs score more points than anybody else in the NFL, plus 850. That is my Hail Mary. You know I like that as well. There's really only two other teams I'd even be concerned about on that. That's that Arizona and Tennessee game. Otherwise, I really like that at plus 850 as well. Well, we finally made it. Week one is here. Enjoy a full Sunday slate of football. Best of luck on all your bets as well. We'll find out next week just how good we did with our picks also. Appreciate you guys listening to BetQL. This has been the Sunday Spread. I'm Alex Gold. He's Grant Paulson. This is BetQL. Sunday. Get all your wagertainment with the You Better You Bet countdown to kick off from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Available on BetQL and the Odyssey app and streaming live on Twitch.tv.